So remember, Kevin McAllister could have called the police at any time. He was a child who had accidentally been left alone. One call, and he would have been safe. But it was never about safety, was it? He was hunting those men. He wanted them to die. It was fun for him. He enjoyed it. Okay, absolutely no joke. I swear to God, yesterday I saw somebody driving down the highway with a freshly cut Christmas tree strapped to the top of their SUV. Yeah. You believe that fucking shit? Holy, wait. Is that old school or is that just last minute? Or what the... I was... I was kind of wondering in my head, like, is there anybody that still hasn't got their tree yet? I'll bet there's somebody out there then fucking... But anyway, that, but that's not what I was... That's not what I'm here to talk about. That's, honestly, well, I want to start by saying, well, when I was over at the Folsom Donor Center, I was talking to one of the phlebo- or the nurses. Well, she's a phlebotomist, but I'll give her a promotion. She was a nurse who had just moved into a new subdivision. And she said that uh, she's one of the only uh, uh, people out there so far, other than her neighbor, which is a guy named Goober. (laughs) And I said, Goober? He said, yeah, Goober. I said, that's the name on the birth certificate, Goober? She's like, yeah, Goober, like G-O-O-B-E-R. And then one of the other phlebotomists said, uh, maybe he spells it like the German pronunciation with an U. <laughs> like G-U-B-E-R, right? Or like Hans Gruber, like, you know, like Die Hard, right? <laughs> I'm like, what? But she said that the bobcat on the subdivision, because it's a new subdivision, got stolen. And uh, she thinks that, that Goober had something to do with it. And I said, well, maybe he's just starting a, um, like a, you know, a a car service, you know, like Uber, except it's a goober. Like you just call them up and say, Hey, I just got us a goober, uh, to take us to the airport. And then he just shows up in a, in a stolen Bobcat. What the fuck is up people? Let's go. It's Christmas day. What do you think I was going to send in like a rerun, like a repeat, like a previously recorded? No, no, I'm giving it to you. Straight from the oven this Christmas, right? Like, <laughs> it just dawned on me, like, I could do, like, a year in review type thing, but, or it would be funny, or maybe it'd be funnier if you did a year in review, but it was like a previously aired episode, year in review, like, year in review 2017. <laughs> like, what kind of psychopath would do that? Oh, you, John. All right, all right. You just made the list, buddy. But uh, what's going on? I got a, you know, I've got a, um, I've got a bone to pick with ESPN. Okay. First of all, these motherfuckers. They did a. Um, let me see if I can find it. They did a year-end per- predicted outcome for the 2023 season of football beginning with Thursday night's game all the way to the Super Bowl which I believe they have uh, I think that I think they have the Niners winning 
uh, winning the Super Bowl uh, over the Ravens. But pro, uh, projected Week 16 scores, they're already fucking, like, they've already, they, they, they got the first one wrong, the very first one wrong. So they predicted Ram, uh, Saints over the Rams, 30-28. Rams beat the Saints. They picked Steelers over Bengals. They did get that one. Um, they picked Bills over Chargers. That was too close for comfort. But then um, I think the the Falcons, uh, they predicted Colts over Falcons. That's wrong. So the first f- four, they're only batting 50%. They predicted Titans over Seahawks. Seahawks beat the Titans. So now... They've only got two out of the first five right. Now they're only batting 20%. They predicted the Lions over Vikings, Commanders over Jets. I think Jets beat uh, the Commanders. And... Jesus. It's like fourth period in the Lions-Vikings. Vikings are driving. They're on the... They're on the Detroit 30, first and 10, 30-24. Commanders are up on the Jets, but the Jets have the ball. I mean, this is it's crazy. Um, Packers barely squeak out a win over the Panthers. Um, but, yeah, it ain't looking good. These guys suck. What kind of algorithm are they? What the? F- <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck? Uh, anyway, moving on. So, why would you do, why would you do a live taping of your podcast for the end of the year? Why didn't you, why wouldn't you? Because I don't phone it in, folks. You know? Because I care about my audience. God damn it. Speaking of God, um, I think it's kind of a, um, heavy burden to bestow upon a baby in Bethlehem the, the title of King of Kings, don't you? That's a lot of pressure right out the gate. You know what I mean? But, um, but tis the season, you know? Um, what else you got, man? I've been kicking around a lot of stuff in my head. Um, a lot of things going on. Uh, Let's see. It's this isn't a year in review. But the but there was some cool things that um there was some cool things that happened this year. Like Chuck Polina came out with a, a book this year. And uh Cormac McCarthy came out with a book this year. That's pretty cool, even though McCarthy is passed on R.I.P. But he was like the Faulkner of our time. Uh, he was like the William Faulkner of our time. And, uh, so, um, anyway, that era is over, right? And, um, other than that, um, what else is going on? It's, it's, uh, year end, it's, it's, um, well, today's Christmas. Merry Christmas, you motherfuckers. What else you got? What else is going on, people? I'll tell you. So, um, 
I had a, so my get together, so my Christmas came together pretty seamlessly and it's not easy. I get it. It's a bit of a juggling act, particularly with family, you know, I mean, some family you, you, you're excited to see some family, some parts of your family that are a little kind of obnoxious and overbearing. Some people, some of your family just mush. They just can't get out of their own way. Fuck it. You know, we're all God's creatures, aren't we? Uh, except for the ones with the Down syndrome. Why do you think people with Down syndrome are so horny all the time? I'm just kidding. We're all God's creatures. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll do a year in review thing next week, okay? Just just hang tight. I'm still wading through, like, bowl games and football and fucking NFL and... Um, Jesus, just getting getting my own shit. You know, and if you give me any attitude, I'll tell you what, I'll flip this right to a previously aired episode. You know, you're in review 2020, right? Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. You'll definitely, you'll definitely want to not hear that. That's for sure. But, uh, but in, in, in a, in a, in an effort to thwart any confusion or, or, um, or just kind of just seize control of the holiday as, as opposed to waiting for things to happen or unfold or kind of happen in front of you and be led. Um, on the 8th of December, I sent out a text to my girl. Well, my, uh, my three kids, my, my three youngest, uh, about getting together for, um, for a, uh, like a Christmas dinner or a, uh, at the very least a get together. But then I decided I'd combine it with going up seeing pops on Saturday. Cause my youngest, she hasn't been there at all. Uh, Chloe's been there once or twice before, but then for our lunch, me, my girl's, and my mom would just go over to the Holbrook Hotel and get a nice little, at, you know, a little afternoon brunch thing. Um, in lieu of the usual kind of quick little lunch thing that my, just my mom and I do. But this could be like our Christmas little endeavor. And, uh, and then at that point, when we get back, you know, we can just kind of see where things like gives them an excuse to bring any gifts they brought up gives them an excuse for me to give them the gifts uh my son was in Disneyland so that's why he couldn't make it but um so they came up and everything went off without a hitch it was like it was good energy the whole time too you know like the worst thing you could, I don't know, the worst, I think the the kiss of death in those situations in any kind of, any holiday endeavor, I don't care, with or without family, coworkers, whatever, friends, associates, any kind of lull, any kind of lull in the evening in the entertainment, the, the a big pause, a big awkward pause, a big just kind of awkward kind of lull of nothingness but this was just boom 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 the girl showed up uh at the apartment 
Got him a badass parking spot because parking's a nightmare. We all hopped into my lesbian mobile and rounded up moms. Went up, hung out with pops, watched uh, reruns of Deal or No Deal with the old man. He was loving it. He was just yelling and grunting like a dementia patient, like a dementia patient would, and uh, knowing that his granddaughters were there. And uh, we were just cra- I mean, we were just laughing it up, you know. Like I was just kind of venturing forth, uh, you know, this the the proposition that, you know, how or how much more entertaining it would have been on Deal or No Deal if some of those girls had opened up their case and it would be like a live, like venomous snake, you know, that just kind of jumped out into the live studio audience. Like, how, how much more entertaining the show would that have been? I think it would have been great, right? And uh, or like if there was just one like really ugly model up there like one like they're all like they're all stunning models but they're you know they'd be cool if there's just like one troll you know with like a club foot or something you know who just hate he's was like when she got picked it was like she was hoping you'd lose like eh, i hope you get the big i hope you i hope this is the million dollar case you y'all we'll have you walk out of here with nothing <laughs> you know i put a cool little spin on it wouldn't it wouldn't it uh, anyway no, so we, uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, because it's, it's hard to keep it light, you know, when you're hanging out with your old man and he's got dementia. So you got to kind of have a way to laugh it up. But, it, but then at, at, at the brunch, we went down to the Holbrook and it was quite good. And I had a double. I just said, I said, just one, give me one double, neat. If I ask for another one, do not give it to me. And uh, my mom even had a beer. The girls didn't, uh, they just, uh, they went alcohol free. No worries. Cause, uh, my youngest, my youngest would say like she was the first, uh, her first quarter at college at Santa Cruz. She was like, she was tempted to go to like a party or like a, I think she said a frat party. I'm like, don't even waste your time with that. Go. She said, but there's raves in the woods. I said, try the raves, go to the raves. She said, well, I can't ever find them. She's, she says the, the, this kid that goes to school with me, his name's Ryder, who He's always going to a rave. I said, okay, there's your guy. There's your inroad right there. Hang out with Ryder. He'll he'll get you into the rave. But just be an observer. You don't even have to indulge in anything. Just be an observer. It's just freak culture. It's the best. It's wild. And then my uh, 22-year-old who's going to uh, UCLA, she's telling me about her boyfriend at Long Beach State who has taken a queer cinema class uh, with puppets. That was the name of the class, queer cinema with puppets. So like you have to kind of, I don't know, you got to put on like show puppet shows, <laughs> recreating like scenes from like Brokeback Mountain and shit. Like I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, China has us right where they want us, right? It's like, once I heard that, I'm like, fucking, we don't stand a chance. We're done. <laughs> it's fucking... But we had a good laugh. It was just, it's, it's just fun to listen to the stories and shit. And then we headed back, got back to my place, opened up gifts. Um, I got some cool books. I got the Dean Martin biography I wanted that I can't find. I got the uh, Jerry Lee Lewis biography I've been looking for that I couldn't find. Uh, and that was it. And that was a wrap. And then, um, yeah, it just went off like... It could have been like forced. It could have been overdone. I could have dragged the girls out for some ice skating. It would have been overstaying a a, a, a nice 
you know, clean visit though. You know what I mean? You know when you try to stretch something out and you're just like, ah, this is for- so forced, you know? But it was perfect. It was like we wrapped it up. I dropped my mom off. The girls went home and uh, I forgot to give them my son's gift, which is an air purifier for his room he needs because his room smells like a reggae band's butthole. So, but uh, that, but after they left, I just kind of, I had the place to myself. My lady was at work. She hadn't been, she hasn't been feeling good. I'm kind of a little worried, but um, I just kind of, you know, I kind of got into that long winter's night, settled in for a, a long winter's nap type mode, although I couldn't fall asleep, but so I turned on home alone. I thought, why not? Fuck it. 30-year-old movie. Fuck it. And, uh, man, that guy, that, that movie is, it, well, first of all, that lady would be arrested, making it all the way to France. But then to have the cachet or the availability of, uh, or flexibility to just be like, like whatever, whatever that you know, like that that meme that says whatever the dad did to afford that house and take all these kids and brother and sister in law and nephews and nieces to France is like, dude's doing well, um, not in this economy, but but that how that how like the beginning of that movie is really like I think that's when because it was directed by Chris Columbus. But it was written and produced by John Hughes, who did all the, like, 16 Candles and Uncle Buck and, um, you know, Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know, all those 80s, you know, Pretty in Pink, stuff like that. And uh, so he, he's like, he must have been like, let's make this the most gratuitous Christmas movie that's ever been made because every inch of that house is perfectly decorated and it's huge. And it's just the opening scene of just kids running through there having a good time. And there's a, and Joe Pesci's dressed as a cop and just the freedom that you could have as a parent that knowing that everybody's enjoying themselves, getting ready for a trip to France and there's just some local cop that nobody even knows is in the house. How did he even get inside? He's looking to talk to whoever owns the house to, you know, because he's casing the joint. But at the same time, you're so worked up with the holiday spirit and the uh, happiness of pursuit, as Dr. Robert Sapolsky would say, as opposed to the pursuit of happiness. Um that you don't understand, you don't even realize there's a perfect stranger and then the pizza guy made it in with 20 pizzas and 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 they're just endless corridors of this house each one each each part of this each corner each centimeter of this house perfectly decorated for uh the holidays and uh man there's even like a staircase like when you when they went into the kitchen and they finally sit down to eat the pizza before you know all hell broke loose and uh all the, you know, the drinks were spilt and there was chaos. You see, like, there's a staircase, a separate staircase that goes just directly into the kitchen. Like, I don't know, that to me, that to me is like, I don't know. That says, that says I do well. 
if you've got a separate staircase into your kitchen that says, I do well, but, uh, but it is, but when you, yeah, when you step back and look at it, it is kind of a sadistic movie because even though they said the power, the, the phone lines were down for two to three days, Kevin McAllister ran all over that town. It was always dark. He was always outside, always running around in the dark, you know, worried about the old man with the beard, but always out and about. He could have picked up a phone and he could have just called the cops to come over. But no, he wanted to, he wanted to fuck with those guys. I mean, he's he wanted blood. Let's face it. He wanted results and he was going to get him. So all the power to him. Is it a holiday movie or is it a thriller? I don't know. You decide. But uh, other than, otherwise, I don't know. It's been, yeah, it's been a fair, it's, you know, you just get to the end of the year, you survive. And you, it's like, it's like, I don't know, running a cross country race. Like I was, like when we were driving, when we were driving up to Grass Valley, we would go by Sierra College, which was like a kind of our home course and uh, in cross country in high school. And I guess, so my 22 year old was, she sent me a text, gosh, a couple months, at least a couple months ago, a month or two ago, of some results that I had saved from a high school race that her teacher, she had a, she had a teacher at Modesto's Byer High School that I ran against when he was in high school at Sierra College. So we drove by Sierra College. I said, that's where, so this is where me and your teacher squared off. He beat me and it was, but it was a good run. Uh, it was at the Jesuit Invitational. So it must've been early season meet. It wasn't quite in my form, but I, but yeah, that course was rough, boy. You get through the, you go through the first mile, it's like 430. I remember going through the first mile at the, at the uh, at our high school conference championships, going through the first mile of a three mile race in like four thirty nine, just sucking wind. Me and two other guys were just we we'd fanned it out. We were, it was you know we were we were the top three breakaway group, and then there was a sea of just you know hundred kids behind us, hundred other high schoolers behind us, just sucking wind. But but that's kind of what the year is like. Is just you're just kind of like you're just sucking wind, just trying to stay in the lead pack and to be relevant, to not get kind of engulfed and just kind of swallowed up by life, you know, like run the day before it runs you. Right. That was what I was telling my son. And, uh, he made it down to, he made it down and back to Disneyland, this motherfucker. And, uh, I forgot to send his gift back with the girls, but, but I also kind of in the back of my head subconsciously probably kept it as ransom for him to come up and he will. And and that's cool. But uh, but now we just kind of begin the slow scale down process of taking the taking our makeshift tree down. I don't. Know, I might leave the Grinch up just kind of as a patron saint of the household. Just kind of, you know, he's he's your Grinchly benefactor, or the benevolent, our benevolent saint of the house, or benevolent saint of the house. You know, like. He's got gifts, but he's also the Grinch, right? So, <laughs> so you know, it kind of mm, seems like it seems great. It seems like it's the it seems appropriate, right? But but uh, yeah, the, the, you know, everything just kind of 
everything's playing out like it's like 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 the simulation should play out, right? You know, Friday I worked till about nine thirty. I was listening to my audio book, um, the Elon Musk audio book. That kind of inspires me when I get when I when I start to doubt myself and think like, am I overworked? No, I don't. I just start listening to that audio book. And, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, and, and again, it's, it's not an audio book because there is a, no official audio book version of the Elon Musk biography as of yet. I did get a copy from my lady for Christmas. Thank you so much. I'm already, I'm almost half, uh, a little over halfway through via the audio book. But, uh, again, it's just a dude reading the book on YouTube and I'm, I'm slowly, I'm slowly growing to hate this guy. But he, because he sucks. <laughs> but I'm sticking with it. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna ride it out because it's good for like you know. I mean, shit. I'm driving two hour stretches here at a time, so I need something just to kind of you know keep my mind occupied. But it it, it just it's just this. Yeah, it's if you think if you think you're overworked, just li- just listen to. The, I mean, you probably aren't going to do this, but he, like homeboy is not, he, dude doesn't sleep. You know, he is, he, he's driven by anger. And I think I'm probably driven by anger. My son's driven by anger. Men are driven by anger, you know, anger to prove something. And, uh, so, um, I consider this a watershed year because I, I pushed through a lot of anger myself and made it, you know, my lady and I made a deal where, you know, she would do things for our relationship and I would do things for our relationship. And I've met my standards and now it's her turn. So, but it's driven by anger. It's driven by be like, show, like, if, like any doubt, if you're doubting me, I'm going to write, I'm going to show you in, in, in twofold, I'm going to prove to you twofold that your uh, theories on me, uh, however misled, are wrong. And uh, and that's the way I think most sociopaths probably lead their lives. <laughs> you know? But uh, nevertheless, um, yeah, we just... Uh, so, yeah, we just had some laughs. We just laughed it up, me and the girls, mom. Um Got back to the place, opened up some gifts, um, and and then they they made it out, and 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 that was it, and that was that was that's oh god, the perfect the perfect ending to a, a holiday, so that um, you know the because like on the flip side of that, like I don't my the rest of the. Uh, the rest of the extended family, like they, I don't know if they're even doing anything. Like, I'm glad I kind of, I kind of prepped everything in at least, let's see, just over two weeks prior to the get together. So on the eighth is when I sent the, the group text out. So 15 days later, we got together and, uh, and then the 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 rest of uh, you know like 
my sister, brother-in-law, nieces, nephews, stuff like that is, I think they're just kind of in limbo. I think my niece has like jury duty. I don't know. Life, life still goes on. So I'm just glad I got in and I got out clean. You know what I mean? Kind of the opposite of like Carlito's way, right? It's kind of, you know, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in, right? One of those deals, but, but nevertheless, I don't know. If you're just sitting here listening to a podcast on, uh, Christmas day, um, you're, you're, you're probably like a lot of the donors that I'm picking up blood for right now. It's like, um, you either want to get away from your family, um, or you want to get away from your family, or you just, you feel some kind of societal obligation to, to go through this hell of listening to this podcast, right? Or, 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 or you're like a lot of the social media influencers now that, uh, feel compelled to like go work in a soup kitchen for the for the Snapchat or the Instagram, you know, or your Facebook post, like here I am helping the poor or some shit, you know, maybe that's what, maybe that's what they're thinking when they go donate blood. Cause like on days, like, like on Christmas day, donor centers are open. Why are people there? Go home, spend time with your family. If you hate your family, go somewhere else. But these poor women and, and even the men, at the donor centers don't want to be there. Okay. Um, I mean, whatever it is, what it is. Um, it, uh, Oh, <laughs> it just, it's busier on holidays. It's fucking always busy on holidays on the day of Thanksgiving, the day of Christmas is packed out. Like go, go the fuck home. You selfish motherfuckers. But, I don't know. It also gets me out of the house, too. <laughs> so, so with that, I, uh, I, I, I think that's it. I think that's... Seems like there's more I wanted to say. I don't know. Um, maybe not. Just happy we made it through another year. Everybody's safe. Everybody's healthy. And uh, and, and uh, I guess I'll leave it at that. We'll make it a, 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 a shorter one as I can conceivably make it. Um, and uh, uh, Merry Christmas. And I'll talk at you later. Arrivederci, baby.